And I know we had some visitors that came last week for the first time, and we've got some visitors here this week that are here for the first time. But last week, uh, my, my dear friend, Bojo, uh, got up here and announced himself as, you know, he's the other pastor, the, the much taller pastor, okay? <laughs> well, for those of y'all that, that are here today, first time, or were here last week and I didn't get to meet you, I am Micah Harp. I am the much better looking pastor. <laughs> Touche, touche. <laughs> All right, enough kidding around. Grab your Bibles. Real quick, I do have one more announcement while you're getting your Bibles. Go ahead and get your Bibles. And we're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. Next week is Baptism Sunday. I love some Baptism Sunday, man. So if God has put it on your heart that that's a direction that you need to go, come down at the end of service. Let the prayer team know. We'll get you guys ready for next week. So, just wanted to point that out. Waiting on amens. I mean, y'all know the drill. It's like I stand up here in silence. It's weird. Y'all supposed to look good in front of visitors. Everybody there? Doesn't sound like it. Amen. Thank you. Right. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in a lot of trouble. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you. Uh, Father, thank you so much for this church, the joy that you bring here. Uh, Father, it is evident that your spirit is in this room. Uh, one of the fruits of that space is joy. And, and Father, I, I feel it every time we're in here. I praise you for that. It's just one big family. It's what we've always wanted at this church. And I am so humbled that, um, that you've made it that way. Father, I just praise you for it. And I thank you again for last week getting the time with my family um, and Bojo preaching an excellent sermon. Uh, Father, thank you for giving him those words. And um, I know it touched a lot of people, myself included. And uh, Father, thank you for rest. Uh, again, I appreciate some, some time off. Uh, Father, but today you've given me a message that I need to deliver. And um, I know it's going to be important uh, for some people in this room. So Father, in this moment, I'm asking that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, that you take all of my pride, distraction, Father, anything that's distracting me. And, and one of Father, lack of courage. Uh, if you could take that away from me and replace it, Father, with your courage, uh, your wisdom, uh, and most importantly, Father, your love. I ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. Amen. Bojo, did you, did you steal my handkerchief? No, there it is. I mean, I saw you crying last week. Excited me a little bit. It's good to know you got a heart, man. Last week, we finished the series on Warrior Family, uh, <laughs> uh, but this week, we're going to do Warrior Friend, okay? But for the next two weeks, I'm actually going to preach on this topic, and I think it's very, very important, and I have no doubt, uh, God's really put this on my heart, that these next two weeks, uh, these two sermons, might <clears throat> he put this on my heart, it's going to be the most important sermon that some of y'all have heard. Um, Today I want to discuss two types of friends that are in our lives and the ones that you friend 
and the ones that you unfriend. Uh, the word unfriend has become a part of our vocabulary today because of social media. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but when I was growing up, that word didn't even exist. You, know, you didn't unfriend anybody. You know, but in today's culture, this is a commonly used word. Uh, <laughs> when I think of the word unfriend, I, there's this story, man, these, these three dudes, they out sailing, uh, and what it was, one of them, it was their bachelor, yeah, he was going to get married, so he, for his bachelor party, he wanted his two best friends and him to go sailing on the Atlantic. Well, they got out, and they got out of pretty good ways, and this big storm came, and the boat capsized, but, you know, they had one of them little, you know, cheap little floaty, you know, I don't know, raft things, whatever it is, anyway, so they were on that, right, and they're floating out in the middle of the ocean. And there's nothing. There's nobody. They've been out there for three or four days. And then all of a sudden, they see something sparkling in the water, you know, like 100 yards away. So, so they're, they're trying to get over there to it. And they finally get to it. And they lift it up. And it's a lamp. So they rub the lamp. And a genie pops out, out in the middle of the ocean. And this was a Christian genie because this is a church. So we're going to say it's a Christian genie. Okay. <laughs> so the genie pops out. And he says, I will grant three wishes, one for each of you. I'm not going to give you each three wishes. You'll get three wishes. So this one guy that was one of the friends that was on the boat, uh, you know, he, was, uh, he had just gotten married, uh, and he said, you know, man, he's like, I just I miss my wife so bad. I just I wish I could be back with my wife. And poof, he was gone. So then the genie looks at the other friend, and he says, well, what can I get you for a wish and he says you know this guy he just had a child and he said man I miss my family I miss my wife I miss my kiddo and I need to be back with him I wish I could be back with my family and poof he was gone and then you had the bachelor the bachelor looked at the genie started bawling he was like what's wrong with you and he's like I just really wish my friends were back here <laughs> that's the type of person you unfriend okay <laughs> But all kidding aside, it is important in life to surround yourself with the right types of friends. Uh, the problem is sometimes we friend those we should unfriend, and we unfriend those we should friend. Um, I want to go straight to Scripture. Let, let's go to Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. The one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. You know what that verse tells me? You're only as smart or as stupid as the people you hang out with. Amen. That's a little harsh. I'm going to put this in pastor terms. Okay. In pastor terms, it means the characteristics of the people you hang out with, good or bad, will eventually seep into your lifestyle. Is that better? Amen. I like the first one better. <laughs> I had to write that one down. I didn't have to write the first one down. If you hang with people who push themselves to become better or strive to grow in their relationship with God and focus on strengthening their family, you will do the same. But if you hang out with people who settle in life, don't take their relationship with God seriously, they gossip, they put others down and only focus on themselves, it will end up seeping into your life. I need you to catch this, guys, and this is important. You will only be as strong or as weak as the energy that you surround yourself with in your life. It's very important that you catch that. It needs to be a strong energy, and it needs to be an energy from God. 
It's kind of like going to the gym. You know, if you, if you, let's say, you know, let's say you like, you know, summer's coming up. I want to lose some weight. So I'm going to go to the gym, but I want to get strong. You know, I want to get big muscles. I want to get big muscles. So, so here's the thing. So if you work out with Steve Urkel, <laughs> you're not going to get real strong. But if you work out with The Rock, you're going to get strong, right? Some of these people, younger kids, are like, who's Steve Urkel? <laughs> Justin Bieber. <laughs> put it to you that way. You, know, you want to work out with The Rock, man. You want to work out with The Rock. Out with the, yeah, okay. No Steve Urkel. And definitely no Justin Bieber. <laughs> Moving along. I know, right? You don't have to apologize for him. And trust me, Christian warriors, you need a strong brother or sister in Christ to make you strong. Uh, you, you can't do it on your own, guys. You, you can't. You've got to surround yourself with others that will push you and motivate you to be what God wants you to be, to be what God expects you to be. You see, we all have potential, guys. God's given us all potential, and we need to surround ourselves with people that will get that potential out of us. When I was a freshman in high school, uh, it was right after football season, we were going into uh, the off-season, like track and off-season and all that, so, you know, it's time to lift weights, get stronger, so forth. Well, anyway... I'll never forget going down the first day of all season. You walked in, and, and we had this big chalkboard, and the coaches wrote down who their workout part, who everybody was working out with. You know, everybody was teamed up with somebody else. It was groups of two. Well, we had an odd number of kids in athletics, and my name was up there all by itself. I thought, man, this is this cool. You know, I get to work out on my own. I don't have to push myself that hard. Yeah, I'm going to get through these workouts pretty easy, right? Yeah. So I show up. And uh, Coach Fant's there. Coach Fant, he's about five foot nine, 250 pounds, and he's a bulldog, okay? And he's one of the strongest men I've ever been around in my life. That was my workout partner. <laughs> you know, and I thought I had it made. I'll never forget one time he came to me, <laughs> he came to me in the gym. I, I, this was my freshman year, right? So, so I was working out with him, so I was getting stronger, right? I, was, I, was, I, you know, I thought I was looking good, you know. And, and this is an old gym you know, at Linden Kildare, and they didn't care. You know, we'd take our shirts off because, we, you know, we thought we was buff and everything. So I was looking in the mirror, and I was flexing, you know. I was, like, doing all these different poses. <laughs> and Coach Fant walks up to me. He said, hey, Hart. He said, you ever seen the gym eclipse? I was like, what's that, man? I ever seen no gym eclipse. And he said, just look in the mirror and flex. So I look in the mirror, and I flex my arm, and he stands in front of me and flexes his. <laughs> Couldn't see it anymore. But here's what I'm getting at. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really getting off track. But the, here's the, the moral of the story is because I worked out with my coach, I got strong that summer. I mean, I got strong, guys, because I was working out with the right person. You feel me? Surround yourself with the right people. They'll get that potential out of you. You surround yourself with the wrong people, or if you're by yourself, you'll hit a ceiling. But when you work out and you, 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 you get in with somebody that in your Christian walk that's your brother or your sister, you're going to get to that ceiling, and they're going to help you push the ceiling off. And you're going to go past that. Because the thing is, guys, when two or more are gathered, what happens? God's there. Amen. A lot of us want to unfriend these types of people, though, you know, the ones that push us and take us out of our comfort zone because it hurts to grow our spiritual muscles, right? 
But then we want to friend the people who settle with us being average or even weak. Christian warriors, you need to grasp this today. God appoints people to you throughout your life. And I promise the ones that he appoints are the ones that will push you. Be very careful not to unfriend the wrong people. So how do we do this? How do we know who to friend and who to unfriend in our lives? I want to start with the type of people in your life that you're, that they're toxic and you need to unfriend them. Most people in this room are going to know the story of Job, but I'm going to go through it real quick. Job was a very wealthy man, very successful man in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Um, it, pretty much everything was going Job's way. Had a bunch of kids, a lot of cattle, a lot of land, a lot of crops. And then all of a sudden one day, everything went away. What happened was is Literally, it's in the Bible. The devil goes up to heaven. He's talking to God, and he says, just let me touch Job. I just want to touch him. He said, you can touch him, but you can't kill him. He goes down there, and he touches Job, and he touches his kids, and his kids die, and all the crops are gone, and all the cattle's gone, and Job has nothing. He has nothing. And then his friends come to see him. And his friends try to tell him it's all his fault. He's done all this wrong. And one tries to turn him against God. Guys, those are toxic friends. Those are the types of people that you don't want to surround yourself with. You know, poor Job. Poor Job was struggling, and the last thing he needed was somebody to give him negativity. That's not what a warrior friend does. Those are toxic people. Guys, sometimes in your life, you have to disassociate yourself with certain people in your life. I need you to grasp this. This is very important. It could be somebody that you grew up with. It could be an old friend. It could be somebody you work with. But if that individual is taking you away from your relationship with God, you have to disassociate yourself from them. You have to. If you miss anything, or excuse me, if you miss, if you get anything from this sermon today, that's what you have to grasp. Now, I need you to understand something. That doesn't mean you quit loving them. That doesn't mean you quit praying for them. You love them. You love them from a distance. You pray for them. You know, but those types of friends, guys, if they're anybody, I don't care who it is, I don't care the situation, if they are taking you away, again, from your relationship with God, disassociate. Is that understood? I don't care who they are. I don't care how long you've known them. I don't care how great you think they are. You need to understand that God puts friends in your life for a season, but you need to know when that season is over, okay? That's very important. So how do you know when the season is over? It's when you start to grow, but they're not growing. So you start to digress back down to their level. Yeah. See, I, I call this, this is called, how did I word this? Closing the gap, okay? Here's you and your friend. Okay, y'all are level, okay? Y'all are on the same playing field. But let's say over time you start to go to church. You start to get into some Bible studies. You start to really dig into your word. You become a better husband, a better father, a better mother, a better wife. You see this gap? You got two choices. You can either continue to grow or you can come back down to their level. You got to cut it, guys. 
Again, I need you to understand, that doesn't mean you quit loving them. You love them. You lead by example. But guys, if they're dragging you down, you can't have it. God is movement. He's always moving. He's always growing. If you're not always moving and you're not always growing, there's only one other direction to go, and that's backwards. Even standing still, that's backwards. Because God's moving. You understand? you got to move with him. And if somebody's bringing you down or making you sit still, God's getting further and further away from you. Do you understand this? <laughs> uh, don't get on your Christian high horse, by the way. Some of y'all are like, you know what, man, I'm thinking of this friend right now. And like, you know, I'm so far ahead of them. So I need to go find me another Christian friend that's where I'm at. Because this friend's down here and I'm sitting this friend up here. I'm going to go get with this one. You know, I'm, I'm on my Christian high horse. Guess what? I promise you at some point in your life, somebody disassociated themselves from you. Yeah. You need to humble yourselves. I promise you I've had people disassociate from me in my past life, and I don't blame them at all. I've disassociated myself from my past life. Oh, why do you guys say that? That's messed up. <laughs> you talking about me? Guys, but here's the thing. Honest truth. Honest truth. I was not a, a, a good friend when I was younger, and I know that. I was very selfish, very prideful. We're going to talk next week about the seven characteristics that a warrior friend should have. And I'll be honest with you, going down that list, I didn't have any of them in my past. And it hurts me now because I look back at these people and I just want to apologize to them. Because I see now I wasn't the warrior friend that I should have been. But what I need you to grasp right now, it's never too late to be that. And it's never too late to mend those fences that you've destroyed, okay? Trust me, I've done a lot of reaching out to a lot of friends to apologize. But today, you can be that person. You can be that warrior friend. Don't be the ones that get unfriended. Do you follow me here? Make sure you stay on the track of where people want to friend you. That's where you need to be. Now I want to discuss the type of people in your life that you need to friend, okay? Uh, in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel, Daniel is described as a man filled with the Holy Spirit, smart, wise, very understanding, very knowledgeable, and a great problem solver. Because of this, King Nebuchadnezzar gave him a position of authority over his people. Do y'all have any idea who Daniel's best friends were? Don't steal the... I, would, I didn't want an answer. I was trying... I did, but I, I didn't, you know... You got to be this, you know, high horse Christian over there and give all the answers. It can't be too tall. <laughs> uh, you get him when you get home. You get him. I didn't say that. He did. But yes, Shadrach, Meshach, it's not Meshach, Meshach and Abednego. That was the three best friends of Daniel, okay? In Daniel chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar tells these two men, or excuse me, these three men that they need to bow down to the idol that he has created, the golden idol, or they're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. Okay, we all probably know this story. They end up getting thrown in the furnace. There ends up being a fourth. 
You know, some people say Jesus, some people say an angel. I'll tell you right now, it was the Holy Spirit. Doesn't matter which one it was. But because of that, they didn't get burned up, right? The point of this story that I'm trying to make is that these three men were men of integrity, courage, and great faith. This is who Daniel surrounded himself with. No wonder he was successful. That's the type of people you want to friend. The people that are courageous, the people that will stand in front of adversity and walk all over it. The people that look Satan in the eye and say, bring it on, because you ain't going to stop me. The ones that you also know when they walk in the fire that the Holy Spirit's with them. That's the type of friends that you need to friend. I mean, how do you think Daniel would have been if he'd have hung out with Cheech and Chong? <laughs> or Dumb and Dumber? You know, and, and I need y'all to know right now, I'm serious. If y'all hang out with Dumb and Dumber, you're the dumbest, okay? I'm just being honest with you. Don't hang out with people like that. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts, corrupts, corrupts good morals. This verse is telling us if bad company corrupts good morals, like Job's friends, like we talked about earlier, that means good company produces good morals like Daniel's friends. Okay? The production of your life depends on the people you associate yourself with. A wise man once said this to me. He said, if you want to see where someone's at in two years, just look at their friends. So my question to you guys right now is, because of the people you surround yourself with, where do you see yourself in two years? You know, I'll be honest with you. I ain't trying to brag. I got some dang good friends. Very fortunate, very blessed, very humbled by that. I can't wait to see where I'm at two years from now. Because of my friends. Mark chapter 2. Everybody knows this story, but I found something kind of cool with it that I want to talk about. So Mark chapter 2. This is the paralyzed man. He's got four friends. So the four friends find out that this man has come into town that's a healer. His name's Jesus. So they go get their friend that's paralyzed. Take him to Jesus. Again, I know most of us know this story. Climb up on the roof, literally bust a hole in the roof. You know, I always thought it's cool. You know, like nowadays, you know, like I think about like, you know, like, like Tim, my boy Tim, he got all these power tools. Something like that was me. I could see him up there like just getting that saw out, you know, just, just drilling this hole out. But back then it's different. See, it wasn't like that. But that's how I envisioned it as a kid. I wasn't really smart. So, they literally, guys, I need you to understand this, they punched a hole in the wall. I mean, excuse me, in the ceiling. So, I mean, you got stuff falling down. Jesus is in there. It's just a cool thought process of just junk everywhere. And what's awesome is, is the person that owned the house never complained about the mess. But you think about that. So anyway, they lower him down to Jesus. You know, everybody again, we know this story. But I need you to catch what Jesus said. You know, he healed the paralyzed man. But what he said was, because of your friend's faith, you are healed. The most important point of this story, guys, 
you got to have friends that will take you to Jesus when you can't get there. you got to have friends when you're down and you've had a bad week and you don't want to talk to God. You're ticked off. Everything's gone south. Your husband passed away. Your loved one's got cancer. You just went bankrupt. Your kids are out running around doing stupid things, okay? All these things, all these bad things that happen. Listen, and I'm going to tell you right now, y'all don't look at me like, Pastor, you ain't ever supposed to be there. I've been there, and I promise you, everybody in this room, if you're honest, you've been there too, okay? When you get there, if you don't have friends that will grab you and drag you back to Jesus, you ain't got the right friends. Amen. You've got to have somebody that will do that. I know I have that. I know if I'm down that I've got brothers and sisters that will literally pick me up paralyzed, take me to Jesus, and Jesus will heal me because of the faith of my friends. Amen. Guys, that's huge. If you're not surrounding yourself with the right people and you're sick and you're struggling and you're dying, it's going to be hard to get healed because you can't get there without somebody taking you. I thank God every day for the people that he's put around me. I can't even look at the congregation right now because so many of you are sitting out there. But I want to thank y'all from the bottom of my heart for taking somebody like the person I used to be and treating me more like the person I am today. And it's so humbling to know that when I'm struggling, I got people that will grab me by the collar of my shirt and drag me to Jesus Christ. Amen. If you don't have it, God, you're missing out. You're missing out big time. So, Michael, where do we find these people? <clears throat> where do we find a warrior friend? I can tell you the first place that you guys need to look. It ain't the church. It's in the mirror need to look in the mirror light attracts light okay if you want to surround yourself with a godly person if you want to surround yourself that's a good husband or a good wife or a good mother or a good father you should start being a good husband a good wife good mother good father if you want to surround yourself with somebody that's a humble individual you need to start being humble if you want to surround yourself with somebody that you look at them and you're like God, just the, that person just loves people and I just want that feeling you start loving people you need to look in the mirror what is your reflection because this is the honest truth I know my dear friends that, that, that have these characteristics we'll talk about next week they're, they're not going to go hang out with somebody that's got the opposite side of it they're not going to do that. You got to catch up. You got to catch up. And you got to start with you. And, and don't, don't start saying, well, you know, nobody wants to friend me. You know, I mean, well, first of all, you, you ain't humble, okay? You need to get humble because it's your fault. You've put yourself in that situation. If you're not the friend that you should be, get there. Every heart, guys, has an atmosphere. People see your heart. 
That's what they see. Let me rephrase that. Hang on. Back up. A Christian that's anointed in the Holy Spirit sees your heart. They see your heart. If you want a friend like that, they see your heart. And you can't fool them. You're not going to fool them. You may fool them. You're not going to fool the Holy Spirit in them. You feel me? Every heart has an atmosphere. My question to everybody in this room today is, is what's the atmosphere of your heart? Is it one that's going to attract light? Or is it one that's going to reflect it? Second Chronicles 16.9 The eyes of the Lord such search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Guys, God's looking for people that have a heart for him. It's like King David, right? Man after God's own heart. As bad as he screwed things up, God kept loving on him because he knew his heart. He knew his heart. People miss that about King David. He made a lot of dumb mistakes. I mean, for a man to be so successful, he was stupid at times. But the thing is, he's human like the rest of us. We're all that way. The times that he was smart is because he was listening and following God. You got off track, you made a stupid decision. But even because of that, God still knew his heart, still loved him, still helped him. I need you to pay attention to this. If you're developing a heart after God, you don't have to look for God. He's looking for you. That's what it tells you. If you're committed to the heart change, he'll come find you. How great is that? That's what this verse is saying. Our heart, we, we change it. That doesn't mean we got to go look for him. He finds us. And the cool part about it, guys, if you have a heart for God, God will put warrior friends around you.